Today on The Big Inside, what if you finished a major life goal and no one cared? Like, what if you created, say, a great work of art and not many people bothered to even look at it? Or, or if you, I don't know, won an election, let's say, to some sort of office that had no actual political power. Well, this sort of thing happens more often than not to people, even though it's not really something most of us would want to admit. So today we're going to talk to an athlete who actually had this happen to him, a guy who busted his butt a few years ago to gain a distinction as a pro athlete, but then woke up the other morning to discover that, well, it's technically not even really true anymore. See, imagine that for yourself. Imagine a major goal you accomplished got suddenly basically erased. So how do we mitigate bitterness and even make that a positive force? Well, we're going to give it a try on today's show. That workout for your ears begins right now. It's another Monday night somewhere. Wait, wait, that doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense. I, I guess it's time once again for the Big Inside. tries this week broadcasting from the world famous public alley 701 in the no longer official city of boston massachusetts i'm christian Mady, aka xn and this this is the big inside an ongoing discussion that intersects and connects what transforms the body with what transforms the world but then turns them both inside out we're all about the conversation not the education but with our luck you'll probably end up learning something along the way Joining me once again today in the sidecar is a dude whose greatest feats aren't always on record themselves. The Big Inside regular Scott Pator, the founder of Aspire Integrated Training and Flexibility. You can learn more about Scott and his work at AspireFlex.Light. Hey, Scott. How you doing today? How you feeling? I'm doing wonderful. Fresh how are you doing, Christian? <laughs> that seems to be the question. In our, in our pre-show uh, warm-up, <laughs> I had many problems with the opening take. You just you're fresh off the ice, correct, Scott? Yeah, fresh off the ice. So I'm I'm sharp for this one. You're you're icy. Ha! <laughs> yes, icy cold. I'm icy cold on this. Ah! Uh, <laughs> are you? But wait, before we get into this, because I'm gonna do the whole spiel, the opener. Um, you're actually technically a. Are you a pro, semi-pro, medium pro, anti? See what I did there? No, are you like a pro? You're pro in something, aren't you? Hopscotch. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm actually a triple pro. Oh. Whatever that means. That means that you get the um, silver, the bronze, and the gold on the podium all at once. You just throw exactly. Them, I, throw I had medals to clone myself. Stuck. No, what are you or a triple pro in? No, no, because that's that's part of the topic today. What are you a triple pro? Well, uh, I uh pro natural bodybuilder, um, pro ice hockey player, and pro inline hockey player. Ah, um, I don't. I mean, I don't play pro ice hockey at the moment, but I do play pro inline. And um, bodybuilding, I I haven't been competing in. I've taken a break lately. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so we'll, we'll see how that, that ensues. But this is going to be a great combo. I can't wait to talk to Jonathan about this because uh, <laughs> it's, it's good. <laughs> I'm laughing because, so those who have, you know, we're going to talk about the sport a little bit today. Um, although we don't, so therefore, hey, listeners, I'm going to alienate half of you because like, oh, he's doing another goddamn bodybuilding episode. No, but. But seriously, that's one thing you wouldn't know is that when someone says I'm taking a long break, <laughs> that's pretty much the designation of pro in bodybuilding. Um, but not really. That's an in-joke. It would have been, would have killed them at a bodybuilding contest. Anyway, just so you guys know, <laughs> let me set the stage. Setting the stage for you listeners, getting, getting off this nonsense. On the low end, 
there's a population estimated to be about 15 million people in the U.S., and that's a very conservative estimate. More likely, we're looking at closer to 150 million people, and probably much more than that. It's a huge population, and therefore, one would suggest it's based on a very meaningful identity. So, are we talking about a specific race, a religion, some sort of in income demographic? Nope, no, no, no. The numbers I just said, these numbers represent a population a lot less rarely seen as a whole, and it's the number of U.S. citizens who participate in organized sports, conservatively, like 150 million. The numbers are hard to count because the number of amateur sports leagues in the nation is staggering. We tried to look it up, zero records. You name a sport, there's someone organizing it. If you can play it, there's an organization. So, uh... This means that the U.S. is currently home to a population greater than that of New Hampshire or Hawaii or like three times the population of Wyoming of people playing some sort of sport in an organized league. And this is only a guess. We're not including like the scores of millions of children enrolled in organized sports. That's a whole number. Nor are we, you know, are there really any current reliable numbers that, that track the population's growth and decline. So this is really just eyeballing from what we could find online. And, you know, online is always true, so we got to be close, right? In a way, this all seems surprising because you'd think, like, someone, some geek, math guy would have thought to do this sort of population research. And while there are several marketing studies that do estimate the scope of the sports industry's reach, and that's just the industry, there are very few hard studies out there of the population of people who identify as amateur athletes enrolled in sports organizations. Now, I'm not talking about, like, pickup games of basketball, just people who, like, put their name on a line, paid a fee, and are doing whatever. Um, but let's do a small thought experiment. What if one day, like I mentioned at the top of the show, all those organizations, all those sports clubs, they just disappeared, just poof, went away. Most of the athletes, you know, would probably go on playing their sport. You know, they wouldn't be like, oh, still going to go play. Uh, but wh what if anything would change? Like if suddenly the leagues disappeared, would sports themselves plummet into anarchistic chaos or would just people shrug it off and be like, eh, might have. Well, let's make it even more personal. Let's make it more extreme. What if tomorrow morning you woke up, you got out of bed, you know, or in my case, hit the alarm 15 times, then got out of bed, barely, uh, and all record of your name, take your name, was gone, wiped out. You don't know, like it just doesn't exist. Now, you know your name and you still have it. And all the people who know you, they know your name. So the, the people you know, everyone knows your name. But all the records, everything written down online, your name was gone. And you'd have to go back and start establishing, quote unquote, who you are all over again. What a pain in the ass that would be. So losing your name is obviously way more traumatic. It's a huge example. But that's the idea. Um, it's... It, it's kind of like, well, it's like a really, really big, big, big traumatic example of what a tiny, teeny segment of that whole competitive sports population occasionally has done to them. They lose a bit of their identity. That segment that I'm talking about today, are the am I'm laughing because you know it's coming, are the amateur competitive athletes in small fringe sports like competitive bodybuilding. It's a really fringe sport. Um, recently, one of the leagues, we'll find out which one in a second, that manages professional bodybuilding competition simply stopped existing. It just kind of went away. It changed its identity. It shifted its affiliate competitions. And overnight, the league just vanished, disappeared. It became something else. It didn't totally vanish. But what was is gone. Uh, that league managed a small population of also professional bodybuilders. Up to this point, all those numbers were amateur. Let's, let's look at the even nichier niche of the professionals in that league. And professional just means those who are qualified to compete for cash, for cash money, 
for winning a you know, that's their winning prize you know um and just keep in mind the sport of bodybuilding is very unlike other sports that have professional designations because professional body, bodybuilding doesn't just like salary its athletes it uh it, it it really only rewards those who are able to win so you win your salary in body professional bodybuilding which is a weird thing but that's a whole other show um the whole ability to compete the point is that the whole ability to compete as a pro unto itself has weight because you know that's the only way you could recoup any of your funds that you invested to begin with um obviously achieving the status like this takes quite a bit of work at the amateur level of competition and imagine uh dedicating a chunk of your personal time to that endeavor well that's what happened to our guest jonathan lavoy a few years back became a pro recently he was part of that league that poofed away. Uh, and this phenomena no doubt happens in small and fringe sports all the time. And uh, I think it's important to mention, before I even bring Jonathan into this big thing, Jonathan Lavoy was, is not strongly identified as, he doesn't walk around being like, hi, Jonathan Lavoy, pro bodybuilder, here's my card. Um, actually, yes, he does. That's how he introduced himself, right, John? That was, that was pretty much it. Uh, you don't strongly identify as this, right? Jonathan, you got me. The bodybuilder, no. No, okay. <laughs> you, you are, you are. I mean, you, right? Sorry about the gap, folks. Uh, we'll take it out in post. That's gonna be on my grave, by the way. We'll take it out in post. Here, he lived kind of a life. Fixed it in post. <laughs> what? Uh, but Jonathan, so uh, wait a minute. Let me back up a little bit. What year did you turn pro? When when did you become a pro bodybuilder? Uh, actually, last year. Or- Two years ago now, in 2015. 2015. All right, so a couple years, yeah. So calendar years, but not even that long ago. What um, uh, what was the league in which you turned professional? I even say, I just got to pause it. Turned <laughs> pro. It really, it just has such a douchey sound to it. You know, I turned pro, it, but anyway. it really doesn't. I mean, it does. I feel. I no. And apologies to listeners. I mean, that's not nice. I mean, it turn. Of course, it's an awesome thing to be able to say about anything, but. But just when you're trying to like, it's it sounds douchey to whip it off casually. It's not the the word. It's the the way I say it. Anyway, so yeah. Um. What what was the league? What was the name of the league? It was the IFPA. IFPA. What does that stand for? So folks out home in the home audience know. International Federation of Physique Athletes. I was so hoping you were gonna mess it up because man, would that have been funny. I'm a pro in something. Yeah, maybe that's not right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> international federation of pancake aficionados no um so the ifpa now they recently they kind of like had a major we don't i don't want to get into their business that's way that's for that's for other podcasts that's for podcasts for guys who, yeah like that's a podcast for guys who talk like this you know not my business not my deal um but but Recently, they changed. They're no longer what they were. They're still the IFPA, but something else or broken up or something. Is this what you understand? Yeah. So I guess the two people who owned it split up. They had whatever reasons. Um, and the OCB went on to its own, own side, I guess you would call it. <laughs> The OC, so the OCB, so folks at home know, the OCB stands for what, Jonathan? Give us that acronym. The Organization of Competitive Bodybuilding. The organization of Competitive and this is an This is an amateur league. Right, that's the amateur. And, and this was a 
feeder into the IFPA, which was the professional. Right. So the OCB, you win, then you get the pro card. And we'll, we can riff on pro cards in a second because I know that that's <laughs> it's always fun to do. Um, but you get this Living thing. Living in luxury with that pro card. <laughs> you win a pro <laughs> card, and then this card, which is it's now it's 24 karat gold. Is that correct, Jonathan? It actually has weight to it. It's a very it's an it's amazing card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavy. I can't put it in my wallet. <laughs> it's not, folks. It's cardboard. But anyway, so you get this card. <laughs> You walk around with it, flashing it out at the finest bars and restaurants. And uh, this card now allows you to compete for money. If you so, did you ever uh, do that? Like say, I want some cash and go for it. Uh, yeah, actually, I I did win money and Whoa, my personal. What? Wait, I've got to do my research. I I was online all <laughs> afternoon. The last thing I looked up <laughs> is whether you won money, dude. I don't. You don't. Don't talk money. We don't got to be personal about it. But that's phenomenal i had no idea that you you actually are a real real professional bodybuilder folks just to show you what a crap job we do of putting this show together i i just thought he had pro designation he's a real pro he's been paid nice biceps kid no so uh no. What, it wasn't what, my biceps oh, oh well yeah be, be correct <laughs> the big inside after dark it wasn't my biceps anyway <laughs> Okay, now that I'm vomiting in my mouth. No, but seriously, so you, uh, that's phenomenal. What? Give us this then. Let's let's dig a little deeper there. Which class, weight okay. class, were you in? What was your designation? Okay, so to go back, after I, I won my pro card in 2015 at the main event. And oh, oh pause late. for folks. This is not a local show. Maine is in the state of Maine event. You get the pun, folks. <laughs> it's the main event. Come on. They are. <laughs> Just, just so folks know, because, you know, Scott's in Colorado. I think I have one listener in Alaska. He's a great guy. But just so people know. Anyway, go on. Well, Maine's not part of Canada. We got that. <laughs> it isn't? Whoa, no. I got I to do a show on that. I just found out. Go Michael. on. <laughs> yeah, so I won my pro card there. And two weeks later, down in um, Cape Cod, they have the Gaspari Pro Show. And that was like my goal. That high end goal. That's what I wanted to do. We're gonna talk about that in a second. Yeah. So after the main event, won my pro card, went down there, entered the show. I was a lightweight. I probably weighed in around one sixty. And how tall are you? And five nine. Okay. And I was gonna be happy with, you know. Cracking the top five. I ended up placing second. So wow, that's pretty, phenomenal. Pretty uh, humbling experience, I guess. I'm gonna just I'm gonna back that up uh, for listeners. You know, again, this is audio; people can't see anything. We're on Skype right now. Jonathan Lavoy just turned beet red. We're looking in. This, we're watching him Skype, and his face just flushed red when he was telling about this win. So truly, uh, it's 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 great to see humility because a lot of guys, you know go for their pro card and you're just like hey golly i got second the uh, <laughs> that's awesome that's that speaks to your character um the uh what are you shaking your head at me scott <laughs> yeah uh, no but <laughs> no but so jonathan so um but that's so that's the story behind it let's get some background because i mean that's it could be skateboarding it could be skiing it could be anything that somebody get you know hockey like with scott that somebody says you know i want to try and get 
a, uh, a more compelling designation for all this time and talent. You, which you did, what made you want to, and this, if you want to dip into why you went into bodybuilding, God's most boring topic, go for it. But <laughs> what made you want to be a pro bodybuilder? Or get that card or whatever you call it. Yeah, I think um, going into my first show back in 2012, which you may remember. <laughs> oh, I, he was a wily young buck. I do remember, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, it was the Yankee Classic. And I had no clue what I was doing going into that. Uh, you know, I just had some friends that thought, you know, that I would just be a good bodybuilder just because I had a good build. Um, yeah, and I mean, again, I don't want to embarrass you, Jonathan, but I don't want to embarrass you. But honestly, folks, it's he, like, you know, because on this show, I, I designate some the quality of someone's physique by how much you hate them so much because they look so much better than you. So on the on the hate scale, Lavoie is like a good eight or nine. He takes off his shirt and you're just like, get a gun, kill it. It can't exist at that quality. And you just oh, don't. Perfect. You don't want a human being to look like that because it just makes you feel like your life is wasted, which mine was, but I don't need someone's physique to remind me of that. So, uh, but no, so you did have the natural talent. That's 2012. And that's what sort of started the ball. And that, did that get you hungry when you had that competitive experience and say, I want to see where I can go? It did. Uh, it kind of leads to this, um, this desire to, you want your accomplishments, you want something to, stand for all the hard work you put into the sport and you do you get swept into this whole you know doing it for the pro card you know, well you say you the, get you get swept into it it was it was it the peer influence or was it the when you would go no, into the competitive arena not, no it wasn't peer influence it's all internal most of the sport is all you know something deep inside that just sort of keeps you going. Yep. Um, but yeah, so you, it wasn't, it wasn't, you're saying something lured you in. And I mean, I'm, I'm asking you to be insightful, but and maybe you don't, you know, have an answer to it. So forgive me for pushing, but you're saying like you got on that wagon uh, and was it, do you think, did you, did that surprise you that you began getting so intense for that pro card? Did, is that something looking back to like, wow, that was really surprising that I got, that heavily aggression toward it or aggressive toward it um yeah it is because i never thought that i would actually even continue bodybuilding after my first show really? um it, the first one i did was just you know let's do it <laughs> right it was like a you wing it it was a wing it thing yeah it was kind of a wing it thing yeah i actually uh 10 weeks before the show i was sitting in a burger joint eating burgers with a friend and he was like oh yeah you should do the show in in july i'm like all right right we're doing it and that's you know and and just that's one of the reasons why this is interesting is that um most people let me take that back many people who are familiar with this pursuit i gotta relegate it really hard and fast uh if you have any exposure to it which these days seems very internet driven instagram and websites and whatnot People have this thing of like, you go into bodybuilding, you get that pro card, you dominate the national scene. <laughs> and that's that's sort of the, the the narrative of bodybuilding. And you adopt that narrative or you don't adopt that narrative, but it seems to be a dominant, at least marketed narrative, if not actually people's personal narrative, that you, you start and you just keep going 
battling for those pro cards, battling for that money, whatever the thing. So that narrative you said took hold of you. But this is what's interesting is that you did it, you got your money, and then suddenly now all that, all those leagues that were, if you will, supporting that narrative, come be a pro, are now gone. Or not gone, but we. I went to the IFPA website today. I didn't tell you this. <laughs> it it's a placeholder, just words. It's coming soon, which is kind of like can you imagine being like, you got a job, you go to the company website, it's coming soon. You're like, oh, oh god, do I get health benefits? You know, you just suddenly would just everything would implode. Uh, so that's got to be a little bit weird looking at that, or is it weird? Yeah, you're just like who cares? <laughs> um, at this point right now, it doesn't really there was a moment of heated all right you know i just did all this work you know it seems like the owners of these leagues they don't even really care about the athletes that's, that's what, what it would seem like, like yeah that's what it would feel like yeah well I mean, that... this, you know, bodybuilding it takes a lot of work like it becomes your life and certainly at that level you right. just want to yeah you want to be rewarded for that and so you got that that cash award, and I don't hear any bitterness there. I hear a lot of pride and humility there. So that's why that's why I wanted to have you on the air is that this other half of, okay, I guess what I'm hearing you talk about is more the existential part of it where, okay, I got the reward financially and I got the trophy and all that, but these people who are creating this hold the athlete up are suddenly, they don't really have the infrastructure to continue to hold that up in spite of the fact that they were the ones saying, come on and compete in this at this level um is that sort of what you're getting at that there's a weird ethical or glitch i don't know what you I, call it seems like on their end it's more you know financially based they're making all these new classes now i see one of the one of the many natural organizations coming out with like a men's classical physique class oh god and yeah. what is that really because isn't that what natural bodybuilding should be <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's let's dip into that. Okay, I promised I wasn't gonna go wonky, but we have to go wonky. Okay, there could so, be a lot of, so yeah, I'm trying to play this so that I always say I try to do shows that my aunt could listen to and understand. Well, whichever <laughs> aunt may be listening, none of them are. You're not gonna get the next part of this. So the NPC, the National Physique Committee, which is the largest market share league in in probably internationally, but certainly within the U.S. and Canada, um, they. Their guys were so uh, gargantuan. I've been warned against dissing, you know, uh, steroid use on the air. But you have to in this case and say, okay, they're so steroided up. Leave it at that. You know, I'm going to get the angry emails. Why are you bashing? I'm not bashing. They're giant. And uh, what's happened is because you either have to toe that line or not toe that line, they created this other thing called, which Jonathan mentioned, classic physique or classic bodybuilding. They, they keep switching the name around a little bit and, and, and and that now this is on the you know untested not drug tested side of things, which which I agree, Jonathan. Basically, isn't the, isn't the standard that that's set at pretty much what the what we call quote unquote natural bodybuilding? Isn't that kind of exactly the same thing? Why not just merge it or bring them together on a in a better way? And right, exactly. Um, in the NBC, it it sort of makes sense because there's guys who who are enhanced and they don't want to get as big as the bodybuilders in the state. Right, 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 right. So it gives them an extra little avenue to 
chase what they want. But in natural bodybuilding, we're starting to see this new class come in. Which doesn't make and sense because isn't that what, It doesn't make sense. Because <laughs> they're not. <laughs> the whole point, that class was a reaction to the over and over-steroided person. So why do we now need it in right. a sport in that doesn't run that risk? Exactly. Um, it's kind of like, you know, well, we put seatbelts in cars, so we better put them on couches because people sit there too. Um, it's that kind of logic, you know? Well, and, I think uh, it all goes back to uh, the the owners of these organizations, you know, just trying to create more revenue. And there's a, and there's a plus exactly. side. You're right. Yeah. And Scott, you're, I exactly. want you to, I want to hear from you on this. Uncreative leagues. Oh my God. Let's copy the steroid league to make something that, you know, to have the guys spend more money to enter in more classes. But anyways, go ahead. No, no, yeah. And I think that, you know, you guys are both on the same page. I just wanted to play devil's advocate here to sort of say that um, any sport, you know, you got golf, you got tennis, you got – these are not, on the amateur level especially, are not money-making ventures. It's only once you get to a certain critical audience mass that you can then market and play for big money and become NFL or, you know, PGA or NHL or whatever – major league but that's a whole other sphere that's based on market share so for most of the competitive leagues out there for smaller sports badminton must exist somewhere right for most of these smaller sports even wrestling like traditional wrestling not pro wrestling suffers this there isn't a lot of money so i just want to paint the picture clearly that when jonathan says they're doing it for money it's not out of like greedy money like they're sitting there twirling their muscle (laughs) but more just because they're gonna go broke if they don't get this money so they get so focused on getting the money that they don't focus on the, the the thing they set out to do which was uh elevate and maintain a sporting environment um which is a quagmire many of these small leagues probably within and without of bodybuilding get stuck in and that's sort of what you're referring to right that that priority of get the money in there is what you're talking about yeah definitely um i think it's just weird that um the natural side is just they try to do these things to copy you know the mpc and the ifbb which is the actual pros that maybe you know everybody else would recognize a name or two (laughs) um Certainly fans of the sport, right? And that's but what you're right, saying. Right, right. But yeah. Go ahead. So then the natural side, um, it's sort of this mess. They have uh, I don't know how many different organizations <laughs> and they're all like trying to chase this. Um, and the difference between these different organizations is marginal at best, is what we know. I mean, they they a lot of it boils down to you know, some procedural glitch that this one does, the other one doesn't do. It's this, it really boils down to these little tiny. Right. Like Scott, would you, would, is this what you were getting at that there's just no creativity in terms yeah. of how they put themselves together? Because I think yeah. this is at the heart of why Jonathan's pro status, which I'm sure somebody, I know this, somebody out there is sending an email. Of course, you're still a pro slamming on their keyboard, blah, blah. How dare you say he's not saying he's not a pro. That was my Jonathan's like, you know, he's totally on board with whatever designation, but there is some trepidation going on there because his league suddenly kind of just fizzled into a poof space. And, and that's because of this lack of creativity. I mean, that's one of the things, right, Scott, is that what you're getting at? Well, yeah, I mean, um, like like what Jonathan said, that was actually great. You know, you have like Flex Magazine, you have Muscle and Fitness, you have 
a thousand different um, magazines, right? And they're promoting these bodybuilders uh, in the MPC, like on every page. And like people love that. People want to get to know these bodybuilders. They love their physiques, and it's on all the publications. It's online. And then they're making movies like, um, what was it, uh, Generation, what was the name of the new um, movie, Gen Generation Iron? Yeah, that was from a year ago, yeah, um, Generation Iron, or a couple of years ago. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, that's, I mean, as many people want to knock it, so these guys take uh, enhancement stuff, whatever, that's that's part of that, that that's, that's part of the sport for that league. Um, and that's their choice, and that's what they want to do. That's great. But they are doing some fun stuff i actually liked generation iron i mean obviously pumping iron is king but like that was like it made me like i no i really no do i do you see the natural leagues doing that no no right. they're too busy trying to make another they're trying to make another um like uh like you said physique round why don't we highlight these athletes make it a business and like get people like excited about seeing what these athletes like uh, their, their worlds are like and get like a generation iron for natural bodybuilding like why caught, I don't know that it's, I mean, I, I, I talk to you all, all the time, uh, Christian, I mean, we should start our own league, you know, like the bodybuilders league, you know, like, cause we know the athletes know how to make it better because this is our passion. And like Jonathan said, we're, this is like a dedication. This is like, you devote your whole life when people are going out on a weekend, you're, you're at the gym, you know, you're counting your carbs, you're doing all your calories, you, you're measuring your food, like this discipline to the, to the extreme. And I don't think a lot of these people really have perspective on that, you know? So. John, Jonathan, do you think, what were you going to say, Jonathan? I was going to say that I think when you mentioned, Scott, when you mentioned creating a new league, that's part of where this problem all derives from. Um, <laughs> the main thing that I see is that you have all these different natural organizations and none of them can come together on anything. It, they're all fighting to be the top, uh, the most elite of the elite pro-level mm. caliber organization. Who's the naturalist of the naturals? Which, which I gotta, I gotta pull, I gotta pull, pull some theory out of my ass. In a subjective field, how can you claim to be the right. most elite? Because it's subjective. So where does elite, where does the line sit? So there's, right. there's an ironic. There's no standard. Yeah. I mean, you can say there's, no there's an elite, yeah, right, right. There's, you can say that there's certain spaces for elite, but you can't necessarily say that one is more elite than the other because it's, it's sort of more of a gray area situation. This is so annoying. Like, <laughs> okay, so one league, okay, you, they have judging and stuff, right? Jonathan, you obviously know a lot about this too, competing. Yep. So what's actually the best in one league is not the best in another league. And so where's the standard? Like it's based on opinion, which blows my mind. And, um, you know, and I, you want leagues to come together, but it's like almost like this egotistical, like, well, our guy is better because he's natural and he's got bigger biceps. Well, our guy is better because he's leaner and this guy's got better aesthetics. It's like, where is the standard? There, there is no standard for judging. There is no schooling for judges. They're usually like a, someone who's never even seen a competition and, and that doesn't even know what you go to do into it. And they like, you know, they go walk their dog and like they, they're like a housewife or something. And then they're well, going to like choose the winner. Like. That may be painting it a little stark. That may be a little bit stark. Okay. That may be a little bit stark. No, no, I mean, you know, I'm not actually not stark at all. I, I've known some of these judges and they, they some of them like that. They don't even go to the gym or anything. They're just like, oh, well, he kind of looks better. I don't know why, but I, I think he should win. And it's like there should be more. Let's get a standard okay. here because if we're going to dedicate like our life to do this, 
what why can't they like create like like I wouldn't mind putting them together, but this is like it's, it's always gonna be beat. Be I don't want to go yeah. down the rabbit hole. I want to turn back over to Jonathan. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of judges' <laughs> identity, which post that on Facebook, and uh. you will have a tidal <laughs> wave of people coming at it's that's the only reason I don't want to go there because I got that's enough people hating on me. Though. But wait, that's let me problem though, Christian. People don't want to talk about these things, so they don't change, and then we complain about them on shows. And it's like, right. well, well, that's that's what, I'd rather go there. Right. Talk about the taboo, but that's the very thing that's making these leagues will be raped. Yeah, they, they'll talk about, you know, they all have standards or criteria what they're looking at when they're judging. But all that kind of goes out the window when you have, say, a physique woman who walks out on the stage, and maybe she has more muscle than what you know, what people think that they should have. Maybe she's a little bigger. And she ends up having that physique that just has like a wow factor. And she ends up getting scored the win. Well, the person in second place might be like, oh, maybe she's too big for physique. She should have been in bodybuilding. Right, which is so these weird that's subjective... Where the criteria just gets completely skewed. Yeah. Yeah, it's like all these little subjective nuances, right? And I think that I just, I guess I want to put, go back for one second without going down that rabbit hole again, that, you know, a lot of the judges are former pro bodybuilders or bodybuilders who want, so, so now they may be long past their prime or whatever you want to say about them, or maybe they're not past their prime, but there's still that question. But I think that what I wanted to do, like before we go down the judging hole, because that's one that you never come back from, uh, is maybe the balance, and this is to, validate both Scott's point around their lack of creativity, lack, let's say innovation, and Jonathan's point toward uh, the need for better prioritization, is the fact that what you get, and this is now my opinion, this is Christian's opinion now, the self-seriousness of the promoters, the organizers, the judges, just the degree to which they take their themselves so seriously almost blinds them, because then if they're maybe wrong or a little bit skewed or not quite doing something right, no. The self-serious narrative of being an official runs roughshod over the possibility of like, man, shake it up a little bit, or maybe look at it this way. Maybe you can, you know, nope, 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 nope. We got, and that—that's what I think is one of the endemic problems that maybe Jonathan was referring to when he said to Scott, you know, uh, doing another league may not be the problem because it's going to redouble that self-seriousness impact. Right. But my question, how do you get them together whenever each person is who run the league so, so is serious. like exactly what we expect? So it's like it's just like two Rams hitting each other. So <laughs> you know, how would you do that? That's my question. Speaking you know, of which, I, let's let's ask this other Ram. What were you gonna say, Jonathan? Uh, I was just I was just gonna say that uh, I feel like this is what keeps happening in the natural side of things. You know, somebody will create a new organization because they don't agree with the way the others are run. Right. And then it's sort of that becomes that whole theory of, you know, crabs stuck in a bucket. And every time one tries to crawl out, the others will grab him and drop him, drive him back down into the bucket. Mm, great analogy. <laughs> Nobody really gets up out of there. The crab in a bucket analogy. I'm going to use that, Jonathan. That's a phenomenal analogy. Uh, <laughs> you must be from Maine. Um the is that part of Canada? That would be lobster. You, you must be Canadian. No, so uh, yeah, what I was gonna say is that that so I'm, I'm gonna ask you an unfair question, but I want to get back over to the topic. Like this is by way of getting to the topic. Um, I'm gonna ask you about your bitterness in a second, but 
before I get there, has body has natural bodybuilding as a whole, has it failed as an endeavor, do you think? Not that it's not necessary or that there should be some alternative. They're not asking any of those questions, but do you think that as it stands organizationally that it's it's becoming a failing endeavor or is failed? Or do you think that, no, 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 it just needs to fix up a couple things and button itself up a little bit? Um, It's bleeding out right now. Bleed, okay. <laughs> okay. That's a yeah, fair. That's fair. Hemorrhaging. hemorrhaging. It's hemorrhaging, yeah. Um, it's hemorrhaging. Do you think the weight of the, the weight of what? I mean, the weight of the pro card doesn't really equal very much when take world championships for example. You would think the world champion of natural bodybuilding would be one person, but every organization has their world champion, so you have multiple world champions. And this is it's interesting. <laughs> this is where that's why I opened the show talking about the population of competitive athletes in general. We have to get a scope of just how big these populations are to really be able to say, wait a minute, uh, how did we get into, how did all these crabs get in the bucket? Well, think of how many people are entering competitive endeavors of all sorts. Of course, it's going to seem like I'll do a league, I'll do a league. I'll, but you're right. The, the impact is, wait a minute, you can't have one world pro. You can't have one, you know, so there has to be, uh, this is what I hear, that there's le not a lot of consensus going on. Uh, it's, and it seems that something about this, the, the natural, the drug tested, whatever version you want to call it, something about that side of it seems to lack the innovation required to sustain itself. Um, maybe because all the crabs are pulling themselves each, each other back down into the bucket. Who knows? Um, yeah. That's a, now, that's a, that's a stark statement that I just made. I don't want, I mean, I don't want to lean on too much because that leads to the topic of the show. So how have you prevented getting bored, bitter or are you bitter? Are you like... F you bodybuilding, peace out. And like you're gone and like you know, they can, you've just snapped your trunks into someone's eye and took off. God, that's a visual. Yeah. They... <laughs> um, <laughs> um, not, I'm not really bitter in that way. <laughs> that's cool. After, after how you have you like not really become like, bitter? How have you prep? prevent, how have you prevented becoming bitter? Have it prevented being bitter? Yeah, because if you think about it, this whole idea of like realizing, wow, maybe all, the money's great, the trophies are great, but maybe there's a little bit of like, you know, shoddy, you know, standards that yeah. I just want to. How do you prevent becoming you bitter? Always, you always take your work seriously. You have goals that you set, you work hard for them, but you don't take the competitive, the I don't know how to articulate this. You don't take the pro card for its worth, for whatever worth it may be. <laughs> so you can't take that part seriously. You want to go in and do your best. So what did the pro, but, what what did the pro card represent to you? If it didn't, if it wasn't its worth unto itself, what 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 do you think as you were pursuing it throughout you know thirteen, fourteen, fifteen? You know, that's 20, not that you were a 13-year-old, maybe there is one, but, you know, during those years, 13, 14, 15, what was it representing, like, of your quality? Was it just that uh, you did see that the standards that you were judged by really did reflect on your quality, or was it just, it's a contest, and I'm going to try and do a harder and harder contest? Yeah, that was basically the where I wanted to take it. Um, it was competitive side you know you just want to do better you want to you want to kind of like climb a ladder i guess in the league which 
is where this all falls apart. Yeah. Um, so if you look at the MPC and IFBB, you know, you have your local shows and in those shows you can qualify for nationals and you have to go to nationals and there's only so many of them per year in certain locations. You have to travel the nationals where then you would compete for a pro card and they only give out a handful of pro cards. So it's much harder in natural organization. It seems like every show now has become a pro qualifier. Right. So you, you can go to this little tiny show in Maine and win your pro card. And there may be only eight people in your class. Is it the number that's given out or is it the ratio? Is it that like, is it, let's just say there were like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people competing and the same amount of pro cards didn't change. It might not be as offensive as a smaller field getting lots of these pro cards. Is that what you're getting at? Like the ratio is off? Oh yeah. The ratio is way off. Okay. So it's not the sheer number, but more the ratio of that number to the number of actual people in the field. Um, and that's the thing is that, I mean, when you, you, you see this so, in other, other sports, the ratio is much more exclusive. Go on, Jonathan. So all this talk about, you know, pro card, pro card hungry and all this and all that. I won my pro card and I didn't really feel satisfied because I know I didn't bring my best. Um, I won because there wasn't really a solid field. And Interesting. So I I had to take I had to take that to you know pro show to actually prove to myself it wasn't really for any anything else it was to prove to myself that you know I am worth being a pro. That's that's kind of beautiful in a way, but it's but then there's that whole idea of like, <laughs> well, no, I mean it is because that's sort of a very internal thing, and where it's beautiful lies in the fact that okay, and there's a message here, and I hope it's the message you meant to send, and that is okay. There is a greater journey I'm on. It ha- its consequences have benefits or deficits in my life. That's the journey I'm committed to. I have found a way to make parallel the bodybuilding work toward my journey and like toward challenging myself. But it isn't that the bodybuilding work is the journey. It's just like a right. complicit, colluded sidetrack that, that helps propel what the thing I really want to be. I want this quality piece or this whatever piece. Yeah, I always have to... I'm very competitive with myself. Okay. Um, I think that's what makes me a good bodybuilder because it's so internal. I, there's nobody else doing the work for you. It's all your own doing. Yep. This is how I kind of got into powerlifting, which I've been doing recently, and really enjoying that because you only get out of it what you put into it, and I really like that. Scott, what were you going to say? Um. I just want to comment. This is not a plug or anything, but Jonathan, did you you could when you got ready for your competition? Was it just with you, or did you have friends competing with you, or or how that happened? Because I know for myself, I I I you know I, I had the I was lucky that I met Christian and he runs the next level seminars for bodybuilding, and we can I got to that's a plug. No, <laughs> no, it is. No, it, I know. I I just I was like doing a disclaimer on that. But the thing is, though, I'll tell you the truth, I mean, all these guys came from all different walks of life, like scientists, a mortician, punk rocker, like, you know, computer guy, but all of them had talents and, and they had like, they had all like, you know, specialties and, and very intelligent guys, but we got to like do it together. And every week we learned something different. It was the posing, the coloring, the history. 
And like that made it a lot more fun. And so then it like it, it, there was that support system, like emotionally or psycholo uh, psychologically and even physically too, where like you know there was like even if like we all lost the show, we already were satisfied even before we even got the show, like in a lot of ways because like it was like a team venture. And I know that's a big thing now, but that's one thing I got to give Christian credit for. He did create a, an amazing thing, Thank um, you, which was like really nice. I appreciate that, but not about me. Jonathan, did you have people, uh, but thank you, Scott. Did you, did you have people, has that been part of it? Is that a connection to a community or a local community that supported you? Yeah. I mean, I've had a small, small little support group and they've, they've definitely helped me through my journey. But I'm saying, is that the, was that the more satisfying part than the pro card? I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. Just, yeah, the whole, yeah, the, the, yeah, what has happened socially. Yeah, Yeah. So yeah. do, what would so then what would you say to this like okay here he is he's 22 he's like this you know full of piss and vinegar and he's all he's got 20 20k followers on Instagram and you know what he wants you know what he wants a pro card so what do you say to him what he's or or the or make it a woman this woman and she's you know got this great figure and people are following us 64k followers she's all you know and I'm go- what do you say about this pro card lust that they suddenly take over. If I were to talk to them in, like, in private? <laughs> yes, because this is private, because trust me, no one listens to this train wreck of a show. <laughs> right. So so talk to me in private. What would you say? What would be your, you know, insider perspective on pro-cardism? I, I would tell them not to take the chase too seriously. Okay. And how do you not take it serious? What do you do to not take it serious? Because <laughs> um, you just got to... Do it for yourself, not for not for the followers. Um, but what if someone says yeah, that? But, it becomes tough. Um, it's definitely a tough thing to think about. Are you? Your what's your career? What's your career that you're settled into? Finance. Okay, so you're in finance. So winning a pro card doesn't necessarily advance your paycheck or give you any yeah, no, no, no. career lubrication. So what if some kids people chase it with this illusion of sponsorships and winning money and And you're saying as a fin- as a financial guy, that equation don't work out is what you're saying. <laughs> no, that one doesn't check out. <laughs> but... So you're so that's one thing you'd say is that if you're chasing it because you think it's going to be a career boost, your math may be wrong. Is that what you're getting at? It's a hard, it's a hard thing to to answer because everybody's looking at it for something different, I guess. Okay. For some people, it's more personal. For some people, it's more they want the exposure. They want something to put behind their name. And I think everybody's going to have a different story. Why do you think that never took? Is that just your nature to be quiet and reclusive? Or why did you think that you never? I mean, at some point, dude, it's, and I'm sorry, you can be as humble pie as you want. Not you specifically, but anybody, the universal you. At some point, you got to look in the mirror and say, well, son of a bitch, if that don't look better than everyone else. And you just got to like, there's got to be that moment that somebody has that you say, maybe I do want people to know about this shit. Did that ever come to you? Uh, yeah, I'd be lying if I said it didn't. Um, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate the honesty. I'm actually a really private person. I don't, I use, like, if you were to go onto my Instagram and search around, what I really enjoy, social media and Instagram, 
four is a way to track my progress personally. Hmm. Like your psychological progress or your, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can see when I'm, I used to be a real douche. Um, no, but, uh, <laughs> so, that too, actually. so now technically just to pull this up, are you still a pro? Do you still con- like, are, do you consider yourself a pro and by word of rule, are you a pro? Do I consider myself a pro? Yes. Um, I think that uh, placings in previous pro shows would dictate that. I think if I were to go back and do an amateur show, there would be lots of uproar of, oh, why are you doing this? You know, you're taking somebody else's placing away from them. Um, And on a technical aspect, I guess I would still be a pro because you know the organization is new but i would have to <laughs> wait wait it's pay. new wait it's how is it new oh you have to pay to wait wait, wait whoa you have to pay whoa, to whoa, retain your title you have to pay to retain your title this is a great place to end this yeah, thing of course wait, you do. Of course. wait 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 that's not a pro that's a shill no wait a minute. how Okay, this is, I honestly, sometimes I'm dumber than a bag of hammers, but I really didn't know this, folks. So in order for the, whatever's coming out of out of your the league that made you a pro, you have to pay them to retain that. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. <laughs> How? In what pay, form? You'd have to pay like a reinstatement fee on top of <laughs> what you'd have to pay to be a pro. Or else what? It's stricken from the books? That year didn't exist? <laughs> this is preposterous. I love it. This is part of the problem, though. This right here. That's like, it's ridiculous. You're... No, we have the power to eliminate a bank of time. Unless you pay this bill, you didn't exist. It's that's it's creepy. Um, and then, you see what I mean by self-serious? All right, this is pretty, this is pretty uh, impressive stuff. Um, no matter what else, one thing becomes crystal clear, folks. Uh, sports organizations are not necessarily operating with the same degree of stringency as, like, say, a governmental or financial institution. And this is nothing new. We all knew this. And even, we've even come to expect it a little bit. That a little bit of nonsense is part of what you deal with when you participate in organized sports. I think the crucial element here, it's on a closing note, is to know your objectives before entering competition with a league, with a formal league, making sure they lay beyond the scope of what that league can provide you or else you'll be paying for your pro status in a minute. Uh, It seems to be the key to maintaining your own sense of positivity and identity against this constantly shifting terrain of sports competition. I know bodybuilding is the extreme of it, but probably (laughs) there's probably a lot of allegory. I'm sure it happens in other sports as well. Jonathan, thanks so much for being on the show. Do you mind sticking around for a few minutes and then joining us for the inside drive right at the very end? Do you mind? Yeah, I gotcha. Cool. Because that does it for this episode. Thanks for stepping inside The Big Inside. You can learn more about this show and other shows at TheBigInside.com or find out about Scott and see pictures of his incredibly professional quality (laughs) at AspireFlex.life. Also, folks, we love being told that our heads are up our asses. If you don't, if you're involved with bodybuilding, you're going to, you have so much to yell at on this show. So, Go, give us feedback. Get, go to the website, drop us a line, or you know, go to Facebook and just blow it up and be like, yeah, you're talking about. I love it. Bring it on. We want to talk about it. You guys are the discussion. Please go to thebiginside.com or go to our Facebook page and 
tell us what's up. Today's show is sponsored by Saise Sports, makers of the new pre-workout formula, Rekt. Um, highest quality on the market. Keeps on getting reports. People are keep getting shocked by this. Literally designed for elite-level athletes. It's ironic that of recent uh, months since they've released, a lot of casual users have been like, whoa, this is like way potent. And it's because the quality is pharmaceutical grade, which most people are not used to. It really is for elite athletes. Go to SaiseySports.com, S-A-I-S-E-I sports.com and the product is rect r-e-k-t and find out how they're not just entering the pre-workout field they're changing it this program has also been sponsored by the next level leadership program which scott already plugged so i'm not going to lean on that oh i'm turning beet red out of embarrassment learn more about it at the next level.me and lastly we've been brought to you by scorpio creative a boutique design branding and marketing firm that specializes in small business especially within the fitness sector so hey maybe you're going pro and you want a website or something like this or maybe you just own a shoe store i don't know what people do anymore but i know you do need marketing because guess what you can't do it alone folks so go to scorpiocreative.com they're going to get your small business so they're going to work with you partner with you get your small business branded and making the money the big inside by the way is independently funded that means you guys are one of our biggest supporters you can become a pro by donating i'll send you a pro card maybe we'll see but either way consider dropping a few bucks into our virtual bucket of love at the website thebiginside.com your support your direct support of this show is what keeps us on the air your generosity is not only appreciated we'll chat you up on the air hey on that note in fact why not hump our leg completely and become a sponsor of the big inside get in touch with us info's on the website we'd love to sell your stuff and karma is real and now the point in the show where we talk about our recommendation, idea, or personal quest that we may have for the upcoming week ahead before the next show. Hey, Scott, what do you got? What's your, what's your big mojo that you want to get, get going for the next week? A big mojo? Yeah, what do you recommend people um, focus on that you're focusing on? So, well, for one, this whole conversation is like to have fun with what you're doing because, I mean – it's all just a stepping stone to something else. And that's one thing that I, you know, so, I mean, that's, that's the big thing. Have fun and enjoy your bodies and enjoy your life, you know, cause it's, you know, it's not about pro cards and all these fancy fun things, but yeah. And so, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm still, I'm just having fun, you know, let's put it that way. And, I, and so I like that. That's mm -hmm. Scott. Scott's about fun. Jonathan, what about you? What's your recommendation, your goal, your quest for the week that you want to tell people to keep an eye out for in their own lives? Or whatever you can you can you can recommend peanut butter. I don't care. Either way goes. I think we I think we we lost your audio. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> what do you no. got? Jonathan is Jonathan's recommending silence for the upcoming. No, go on. Yeah, there you go. I got lost with peanut butter. <laughs> um, no, but mine's actually gonna be. Uh, nah. No, maybe not going completely off from social media, but not venting on social media. Ah, I love it. If you are a competitive athlete, beware of venting on social media. Very true. Sage advice. My own, look, I'm recommending people, did you know, morning is real. It's been winter. I mean, I live I'm here in New England and Boston. So what happens is like you have longer darkness and I get so accustomed to darkness that the next thing I, do, I turn around, and look at my clock. It's like three in the morning. I'm like, oh, because you're just not used to going to bed. So that's my thing. Get a bit of I want to have mornings. I'm taking my mornings back. Join me, folks. Get up in the morning. That's my agenda for the week. 
I'd like to thank you again, John, for joining us. Jonathan Lavoy, uh, is there anything you want to plug or anything or just want to say hey? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I want to thank you for having me on. Um, I had a good time. Awesome. We'll be watching for you. Hopefully you'll come back to bodybuilding one day. Will you? Will you ever? No plans right now. Okay. Uh, I don't know. But you'd come I'm back. I'm having but a lot of fun powerlifting right now. And oh, nice. dieting kind of turns me off at the moment. So. I hear you. I'm, uh, I, me too. That's why I'm, I'm disgusting. No, what? Uh, and by the way, uh, you'd come back on the big inside, though, right? Oh yeah. Oh, of course. We'd make you a pro. Anyway, <laughs> it was a pleasure. Seriously, Scott. <laughs> thanks for sitting. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. Scott, thanks for coming on the show again. You're always, as always, freaking amazing. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Christian. I. Uh, and uh, you, are you gonna have fun? You gonna have fun this week, Scott? Yeah, I'm actually going back to California. So yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Come quickly before we close the show. What are you doing in California? Because the music's um, playing. So what do you I, got? I got some new clients I'm working with in Southern California, and I'm back in Santa Barbara working with, uh, you know, networking and building my business for another workshop. And uh, yeah, it's fun stuff. Folks, find out about Scott. Go to AspireFlex.life. This guy is—he's gonna zoom past you if you don't get on board now. That's awesome, Scott. Anyway, today's show. Thank you. Thanks again, Scott. Today's show was produced by the Physiculture Collaborative who actually is uh, on record as going pro 17 times in their own mind. So, you know, that's just us. That's your workout for the ears this week. I'm Christian Mady, a.k.a. XN for The Big Inside, reminding you that no matter what you do on your outside, what makes it big is what's found on the inside. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. How do we mitigate bitterness and even make that a positive force if possible? Well, we're going to give it a try today. I got to redo that. I got to do that. Hey. <laughs> okay. So, Jonathan, I, I'll fill you in. We do the beginning three times, sometimes four times. So, just be very patient. <laughs> <laughs>